You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, hello. I want to welcome you to another podcast. We're covering Exodus chapter 22, and I think I'm only going to be able to cover about the first five verses or so. Um, again, I want to encourage you that we don't brush over these scriptures. What we're seeing is a revelation of the heart of God. The laws that we are reading about, um, especially in, in, in this book of the covenant, right, help us understand what justice demands when people lose their property. Now, at first, these might not seem like, oh, well, they're not that relevant to my life in the 21st century. These are issues that are not dealt with with modern day man. I mean, we're talking about like stolen sheep, lost donkeys, uh, gr livestock grazing in the wrong field. But just like everything else in the Bible, these laws are useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So we need to know what they teach. And then we also need to know how to extract the principles. So this first portion in Exodus 22 helps us to know what to do when someone gets ripped off. These are what is known as property laws, and they deal with some uh, with four different situations. Now, full disclaimer, the law is not intended to give you every scenario in every case. These are guidelines. Now, if something came up that was um, just unique, out of the ordinary, and if it stumped the elders, guess what? What, what did we see established in the in earlier in Exodus? You take it to Moses, and Moses takes it before God, and God is the one that will supply wisdom. We actually see a case with this with Solomon at one point in his reign. Same things happen with uh, King David and other, other kings. So let's read uh, the first four verses, and then we'll talk just a little bit about them. The Bible says, If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If the thief is found breaking in and he is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. If the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. He shall make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the theft is certainly found alive in his hand, whether it is an ox or a donkey or sheep, he shall restore double. Now, we need to acknowledge first and foremost that these are specific applications of the Eighth Commandment. What is that? Thou shalt not steal. That's found in Exodus 20.15. To put it another way, they are civil laws based on the moral law. Now, the cases that are mentioned in these verses involve animals, which in the ancient world were people's primary source of wealth. But the biblical principles apply to any kind of property. The Bible assumes that people have a God-given right to own property, which is to do what? To be used for God's glory. Therefore, it is wrong to take it away from them. You know, we are living in an upside-down culture in society right now. Um, woe to them who call evil good and good evil. I mean, today, crime is not punished. Um, just yesterday, I got a text. Uh, uh, Matt was over at the church, and there was a funeral that was going on. And 
uh, I guess a transient, I, I don't even know, I guess we should technically call them unhoused because it's politically incorrect uh, nowadays to say homeless, right? And uh, it's just beyond me. But a transient came banging on the door. There were two people that were trespassing across the street at the abandoned funeral home. They were inside. Um, so this is trespassing, most likely. What were they in there doing? Yes, I know I'm jumping to conclusions, right? But that would be a really good place if you were to go in there and get high. You would say, well, how do you know, Pastor? Are they all on drugs? <sighs> Listen, we're not going to get into a debate at the moment, but um, there's a lot that's going on, folks. Um, even when I drove up to the church, there was a, a transient behind the dumpster hiding. He jumped out and booked it. What was he doing? He was running away with a pipe. He needed somewhere to kind of hide for cover so he could do his drugs. Now, what did the cops do? Well, the cops showed up, had guns drawn, and just basically told the guys to leave. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, they they are impotent. Now, it's not the police officer's fault, so please don't misunderstand me. It is just that the, the police officers have now been handcuffed. They cannot enforce or apply common sense laws. Number one, you had some folks that were trespassing, so they're there. Um, they're there illegally. Is there anything going to be done about that? Well, I guess in times past, there would be some kind of penalty for trespassing. Number two, I can almost guarantee you that there was something on them or they were engaging in some illicit activities on the inside. Um, used to be that if you had just a little bit of a particular drug um, on you, um, guess what's going to happen? You're, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get locked up, right? Now what is it? Well, we can't do anything. We need to rehabilitate them. And we have become so lost, and, and I'm even just a little apprehensive of even using the word woke um, because I don't like the way that it's used all the time. But we have become so progressive in our thinking um, that literally our culture and society is deteriorating at a rapid rate. What does that have to do with what we're reading? What we're reading is God's ideal and God's standards. And so when these get reversed, we're in trouble. So what do you do or what is it supposed to look like in a culture and a society if something gets stolen, right? What's, what's the law today in California? You can walk into just about anywhere if it's under $900, um, you can't do anything. Now we're seeing employees that are getting fired for trying to apprehend a thief. You're not even allowed to say anything to them. You just let them go on by. So you could, in theory, just, well, I shouldn't say in theory, this is happening. You can walk into a store, fill up a shopping cart, and literally walk out. And if a store employee tries to do something, guess who's going to get in trouble? That store employee. Crazy. And if you think I'm making this up, I, I'm not. <laughs> I am not. So, again, God's standard. What happens if something gets stolen? In the case of theft, a victim, the victim of the theft would be compensated. Now, the amount would depend on what was stolen and what happened to it afterward. So, for example, in verse number one, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Now, I want you to think about this because we're going to extract the principle. A man's ox was the most valuable tool of his trade. 
It would take years to train a good ox, and its loss would be very, very hard to replace. Now, I want you to bring this into our world today. Imagine that if there is a mechanic or a construction worker, and he had his truck loaded up with the tools that he knew and used. I mean, we're talking like, um, you know, drills and saws and and uh, maybe a weld or whatever, whatever it is. Now, would it be an inconvenience if it got stolen? Sure. If it's insured, they would call the insurance and say, I need this all replaced. But what's the, what's the big deal about that? Most of a man's tools get broken in. They might not be the best looking. They might not be the most pretty. But most people, if they're construction or mechanics, they might not want the best, new, shiniest, flashy tool. They've they've got something that they've used day in and day out. They've used this drill. They understand how it works, how it feels, the weight. I mean, they've gotten used with muscle memory, just a, you know, all those. Yeah, there's my little sound effects, right? They, they, they would prefer to have the tools that they're used to. And so imagine when you have spent your time and your energy with this particular ox and you knew it's, it's, it's language, you knew its characteristics. I mean, you're out there in the field with this thing and you know when it strays to the left what you got to do. You got to get its attention, get it going, looking straight ahead. So this is not just a one-to-one um, ratio here. And then, so this is why the Bible has one ox for five ox. There has to be some restoration. The same is it, it, the same idea applies today. Now, of course, there would be less compensation would uh, that would be required if the animal was still found alive. That's found in verse number four. It says, if the theft is certainly found alive in his hand, whether it's an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall restore double. Well, why would it be double and why not four, right? Well, number one, let's say it took a week or two to get that ox. You've been, you've lost out on your production. You've lost out on your livelihood. You, you haven't been able to go to work. You haven't been able to do your job. Um, you know, and if you don't like the whole construction analogy, then, you know, use your car, whatever it is. And so the reason for that difference is obvious. Um, if the animal was still alive and the owner didn't have to go out and find a replacement, well, then he got it back. That, that's good. But the thief still needed to, to restore or pay restitution back to the victim. And so um, according to God's law, he had to give back what was stolen plus some extra. Now, the laws about theft also include instructions about breaking and entering, right? So what do we have? We have it in verse number um, two. So if a thief is caught and he's caught breaking in, and if he gets struck so that he dies, the person that strikes him is not guilty of bloodshed, in other words, of murder. But if it happens after sunrise, which goes into verse number three, it says he is guilty of bloodshed. Now, there's some difference of opinions on this, but some scholars think that this law is, some some throw an indictment out there. They say, well, this is out of place because it has, doesn't have anything to do with compensation. But listen, it does have to do with the act of theft. So this is actually a good place for it, just as good as any other place. Now, most buildings or homes back then were made of mud bricks. So if a thief wanted to break into somebody's house, he just went right through the wall. Now, if somebody tried to do this in the middle of the night and a homeowner 
um, became aware of it, they had the right to defend their property. Now, there was no telling what the intruder uh, intruder's intentions was or how heavily they were armed. And the homeowner didn't have time to ask questions. They had to defend themselves. And if the thief happened to get killed in the process, the homeowner would not be charged with murder. Now, the situation would be different in broad daylight. If a criminal walked in during the daytime, he couldn't just be killed outright, like no questions asked. That's kind of what they do in Texas, right? Isn't everything? <laughs> I'm teasing. I don't know if that's what they do, but I think that's the way we think. Like, man, in Texas, they'll just shoot you right there. Huh? Now, presumably, the homeowner would be able to... to see if it was a murderer like is this like is this like a terrorist uh, or is it just somebody that's trying to steal something now because this would be in the daylight um, they were to be apprehended and then brought before the proper authorities so in other words the law of god did not allow to um i guess what we would call it today vigilante justice right um even thieves had a right to live. Now, we see another legal category in Exodus 22, and this involves the a case of negligence that would lead to the loss of property. So let's read it. It's verses 5 and 6. It says, If a man causes a field or a vineyard to be grazed and lets loose his animal, and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. If a fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that uh, he uh, so that stacked grain, standing grain, or the field is consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. Now, both of these cases would be accidents. Now, in the first, first case, a man who was careless with his flocks or with his herds um, understand there's no barbed wire back in those days. There's no really sort of fencing. So it'd be hard for people to keep their animals, you know, where they belong. Sometimes livestock would wander into a neighbor's field and just help themselves to the neighbor's grass. Grass or, or um, what fed the livestock would, it would be a very, very precious resource in the ancient Near East. When this happened, it wasn't enough to say, hey, neighbor, sorry, that was an accident. What would be the right thing to do? The right thing to do would be to make restitution by allowing the neighbor's animals to eat your own best part of your, your uh, land. And even if it was an accident, God's justice required things to work out for your neighbor. So this is what it means to love God and to love your neighbor. Now, the same is true in the case of a wildfire. This, this also, believe it or not, was actually common. Farmers, even today, they still practice this. Farmers set their fields on fire to clear the ground. But there would always be a danger that there would be something along the edge of the field that could, you know, a wind could pick it up or could blow a spark into somebody else's field. And then the neighbor's field catches fire as well. Now, this is not a case of arson. Um, the man who starts the fire never intended for it to spread. So this is completely accidental. Now, whether through it, whether or not it was a careless act of negligence or, or like I said, just a gust of wind, 
The actions have an indirect consequence to the harming of your neighbor. So according to the law of God, the man who started the fire had to make restitution for whatever his neighbor lost. Legal liability is a biblical principle, even in the case of an accident. So God expects us to take full responsibility for our actions, whether we intended to damage someone's property or not. Now, here's the last thing that I'm going to deal with in here, and this is found in verse number three. And so this is about a thief that gets caught, and if he is to make full restitution and he's not able to, the end of verse number three says, then he shall be sold for his theft. That means he would be um, entered into slavery. This is God's gracious way. What is slavery? If you haven't listened to the previous podcast, then you're not going to be able to keep up with what I'm about to tell you. Slavery was God's form of rehabilitation. It was God's form of discipleship. So presumably the the thief would go into slavery with a family that we would call the covenant people of God. This family has made a full determination to follow God's ways, God's law, and to honor him and to put him first. And so this thief would go in and live with this family. They would serve the family. The thief would learn a trade. They would learn um, how to make a proper living for themselves so that they could be good members, productive members of society. But more importantly, they would learn some spiritual principles as well. This was it would be what we would call discipleship. So imagine the graciousness and the goodness of God of saying, I'm going to place you in a good, godly family. That's where I'm going to put you. And you're going to learn Torah. This family wakes up every day and they're, they, they, <laughs> they do Deuteronomy 6, right? God's law is always before them morning and evening and all along the way. When you're out plowing the field and when you're out harvesting, they're going to be talking about God and what he did for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're going to be talking about Adam and Eve, all of the events up to that point, right? And so you're going to be inundated with discipleship, but you're also going to learn a skill. You're going to learn a trade. You're going to learn how to live, and you're going to learn um, to be able to take that responsibility on to yourself so that this doesn't happen again. This is the purpose of saying they will be um, sold for their theft. And so that individual is going to earn an honest wage. It's not slave labor. They're going to earn a wage so that they can do what? Pay the full restitution. So let's say that the thief got caught and he got caught stealing an ox. Well, he's going to have to pay double for it if the ox was found alive. Now, if he went and killed it, he's going to be in a little bit bigger trouble. Um, However... He's going to have to work at least six years, and then he's going to have he's going to be able to have an opportunity to go free. Um, but again, in this case, this is a restorative picture. So we cannot think of slavery as the same kind of slavery in Egypt. This is why God's starting place is with servitude. So what would be some of the reasons that people would be into slavery? It would be that they cannot pay their debts, or they were atoning for sin because they couldn't make restitution. I mentioned that in one of the previous podcasts as far as one of the reasons. So this is really, really just um, a testimony of the goodness of God. And you know what? This is what we need today. 
Um, yeah, our, we, we still, I believe we live in the greatest country in America. How long will we be the greatest country? I said greatest country in America. <laughs> greatest country in the world, right? Um, yeah, we are. We, we are the greatest country in the world, at least that's my belief. How long are we going to be that? I don't know, folks. I don't know. Things are, things are deteriorating at a rapid, rapid rate. Our system is completely corrupt. Our system is broken. Um, you know, this was God's, this was God's ideal standard. Can you imagine that today getting a call from the church? Hey, um, you know, we just locked up uh, Joe Blow over here, and yeah, he got he got caught stealing a car. Um, he he he. They already chopped it up and and sold the tires and sold all the parts. And so, yeah, yeah. Would you like to pick him up? Come down here, Arvin Assembly, pick him up. Well, what are we going to do with him? Right? We get together and we say, well, for the next six years, he's going to work doing what. He's gonna work. He's gonna learn a skill. He's gonna learn a trade. He's gonna learn how to make an honest living. He's gonna learn what discipleship. He's gonna learn what it really means from the people of God, the covenant community, of what a life of servitude really, really means. That is crazy, right? But what do we do today? Well, if we do do anything, it's just a slap on the on the wrist. It is an affront to the justice of God, and. You know, get out, get get file for all your benefits. That we we say that prison is supposed to be rehabilitative. It's not. <laughs> oh, I better I better stop before I say anything worse, right? But um, I want to encourage you guys. Um, what we're reading here is highly highly relevant. I'm going to end it on this note, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.